Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. forget that when these go up it's like morning time because it's effectively not morning right yep. now um and so it's like hi good morning but also <laughs> where in the world is carmen san diego you know i only see darkness <laughs> i only see <laughs> <laughs> it's dark outside what do you want from me why are you always like it's like you're one of those tweet bots where I know you're trying to say, like, real words, but they come out as these, like, dark, angsty think pieces all the time. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you could have just said, like, oh, yeah, it's night for me, too. I only see darkness. <laughs> like, what are you talking I'm sorry. About? I wanted there to be a bit more dramatic effect. <laughs> like, God, have you started your spoken word poetry set yet, Cody? Oh, my God. Like, damn. Uh, not since high school. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Well, hi. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> oh, God. I always wonder if when we actually record in the same place, if we're not actually going to be able to be funny around I don't think we will. Like, I have this... I feel like I'm going to have to, like, record not staring at you. Oh. Just because, like, it's, like, what I know now. I think we're going to have to be... We'll have to, like, face away from each other. <laughs> I just don't think Yeah, it'll be hella dramatic. I don't know if this is just me, but, like, I always distance, like, your voice from, like, I don't know what you look like. I don't know. Because, like, we're... Literally Because, like, we're not video chatting, so I literally just hear your voice. And, like, whenever I see a photo, I'm like, that's Allie. But, like, the voice in the picture are definitely not the same thing at all. (laughs) And, like, seeing, like, your face and moving and also with the words coming out, that just seems like too much for me. <laughs> like sensory overload. <laughs> yeah, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're going to have to be like the old school McElroy's who like were in the same house, but they recorded in different <laughs> rooms just because they didn't want to have eye contact. <laughs> also like, Which uh, is- not to drag you, but like your YouTube videos, you are very much on. <laughs> and so like, you're like this delicate little flower who like just talks so quietly and like, just be and whatever, and then you get to hear it's like fuck everything, I burn it down. <laughs> Don't do it. See, that's the amazing thing one about like the duality of man, but also uh, being a Gemini is because when you don't know me, it's like very soft and like this is how I talk in class all the time. But then as soon as you cross the threshold of being my friend, it's like hey fucker, what's up? <laughs> We're just like basically the same person. It's just that I don't like to curse, you know, like for my online brand oh anymore because that means schools will find it. So like, um, so. A delicate cursing flower. (laughs) Can you imagine if that scene in Alice in Wonderland would have been like that? Like, instead of the little, like, pansies harmonizing, they were just, like, I don't know, Boston cab drivers, and they just, like, cursed the whole time? Boston cab drivers. I love this image. I can't actually watch Alice in Wonderland. That movie fucks me up, so. But that would have made it a little bit more bearable. (laughs) I don't even want to go there. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that cat... His head turns upside, like, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Uh, another little known fact about me, I played the Cheshire Cat 
in my middle school production of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Really? I shit you not, they almost, they had me in basically a mascot costume, which was, oh which my was very God. prolific for my career in retail. <laughs> and they literally, the beginning of Cody's God, oh, days. Absolutely. <laughs> canceled. Fucking canceled. <laughs> but, like, they almost had me wear the fucking giant mascot head. Like, on stage, no. with, like, lights and shit. Like, up until, like, the day before. When I was like, you can't. This is, like, I can't. Oh, my God. I'm, like, God. 13, That's please. So I'm wild. gonna cry right now in front of you. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> my two favorite theater productions was, one, the Romeo and Juliet one, which I've mentioned before. But also, when I did children's theater growing up, one of my favorites was being Jack's mom from Jack and the Beanstalk. <gasps> yes! And it was just, like, little five-year-old tot of me playing, like, a 35-year-old uh. woman, which is the most on-brand. Like, I've always been playing, like, older people, which is you amazing. Are just an, so. They knew you were an old soul from this beginning. I swan to John, I think I dragged a kid by his <laughs> ear across the stage. Like, I think that was one of my set directions, so... <laughs> I've been made for this life, is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> you've evolved beautifully. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, speaking of evolving, we need to talk about, one, me being incredibly proud of you for posting this, but two, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kristen's photo uh... shoot? So in more, like, Twilight topical news, which I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, you guys should be thanking us. In more is the Cody's thing. a fucking homo news, this is just, like... The alarms are ringing. My heart stopped. I was just scrolling through my Twitter feed, and I died. It was so good. Because Stu and Charlize Theron, like, the two hottest people that exist, I think, in the world right now. God. Those cheekbones. It's criminal. It's criminal. But also... I'm just saying, I think because of the fact that we're putting this into the world, more Twilight vampire stuff is, like, becoming relevant, which is amazing. But I did, like, this vampy, moody-ass fucking photo shoot, and it was beautiful, and it's on our Twitter, so go fucking stare at it and print out copies and paste them all over your room, just like everyone else does, you know? Yeah, you should definitely print them out and pass them around your local neighborhood. (laughs) Just let the the people need to see it, you know? (laughs) Hi, hi, sorry, yeah, I know it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, I just needed to knock on your door really quick and spread the good news, uh, this amazing fan fiction of Charlize and Kristen came out, and I've also accompanied you with the original photos, oh so, God. can you hi, imagine? have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Kristen Stewart? Honestly, our next oh merch, to be honest. The Church of Kristen. Dude, <laughs> sign me up. I told you, I when we were talking about the new Moon movie, I would have loved for her to push me down. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Okay. Speaking of yeah. merch. Uh, hi. I'll be passing out our merch, like, two days after our episode yeah. comes out. So that's exciting. Come find me at VidCon. Yeah. And I'll give you buttons, yep. which is cool. Yep. So that's exciting. Also, just find Allie at VidCon because she's doing, like, the most. So, you know. Hey. Building the business, <laughs> building the brand, changing the world. You know, the huge. But also, if you see somebody in a fuck Mike Newton shirt, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I hope you, like, every single day of VidCon, like, it makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah, by the, like, last day, I'll just be wearing it as, like, a headband. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I'm imagining me running into some, like, super 
rich, famous CEOs there and like, hi, oh, your shirt has profanity yeah, on it. Yeah, what happened okay. to your, your online brand? Like, the, VidCon is the culmination of your online brand. <laughs> You're going to come in guns blazing with a fuck Mike Newton shirt. Yeah, yeah. I'll be having a shitload of stickers and also a very fuck Mike Newton platform. It'll be great, actually. Very I think. good. Other news, you posted our Hello. bloopers this week. And they're funny as Hello. fuck. <laughs> so that's good. How do folks find that? Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash into the twilight. And if you're a patron at any level, any level, you get access to that good, good content. A dollar a month? Hell the yeah. Five dollars a month? Hell yeah. Three hundred dollars a month? Fucking go for it, man. Mm. Just thinking about that number makes me mm. happy inside. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew my limit was $300? <laughs> That's how bad retail is. That's because that, that number seems like a wet wrong. dream. <laughs> oh my god. So we did get a few topics yes. for us to discuss before we get into things. One was by a good old patron yes. of ours. And Cody, could you do me the incredible honor of trying to brief what email we received oh, today. Oh, God. It was so much, and it was all just amazing. I'll give some cliff notes. <laughs> Please. The main topic was about uh, tattoos and the Twilight universe. Specifically, yes. an article about this woman who is, like, in her 50s, and she has her entire body covered in Twilight-based tattoos and like the whole article is really interesting because like she discovered twilight through her mom who recently died and it was a very emotional experience and like it just became like a sign of like i don't know distraction and like something that she liked and she could put a face to and stuff right and so she but she is like i don't know how else to describe it but she is covered in like robert pattinson (laughs) Kristen stewart taylor on her on her body quotes from the books in the movies, film strips, like, on her body. And this is the most yes. buck wild shit. And she spent, like, tens of thousands of dollars already. Yeah. And it's amazing. So, <laughs> her name is Kathy mm-hmm. Ward. And my personal favorite thing about this whole story is that not only does she have Twilight-themed tattoos all over her body, but she has 69 tattoos oh of the Twilight saga on her body. Ouch. So... Listen, I'm not the one that wrote it. The Daily Mail Welcome put it in there. Welcome to 2007. <laughs> I mean, you're not oh. wrong. We're talking about a clip, so you dragged your own self on uh, that. Okay, but my favorite part of this article was the fact that she kept talking about her love for Robert Pattinson and the fact that yeah. she was like, I like him because he's not attractive. He's, you know, I'm average looking and he's like close. <laughs> Just it was so <laughs> good. Like this fifty-something-year-old woman is like, yeah. I mean, he's not hot, but like he's average-looking, and I appreciate that. It's humbling. It's such a fucking long con that she's like dragging our pats for the rest of her Forever. life. Because when people ask her about it, she's like, yeah, I got it because he's average-looking. Oh, <laughs> uh, my hero, honestly. She's living in three thousand seventeen, and we're all still here. Trying to do our best. Like, that's some next level shit right there. You're always 2008. She will always be ahead of us. Honestly. One other thing to talk about that we got sent this week. We have a starter pack now. Oh, so. it's so good. 
It's the best thing. Cody and I may have definitely scream texted we about did. it. We so that's great. <laughs> we did get a few questions this week, primarily about Edward and his average kickingness. <laughs> there were a few concerns about Edward and his inherent sparkliness. Sure. And whether, one, it would show through full coverage foundation, and two, if it would show through self-tanner. Discuss. Okay. I'm iffy on self-tanner just because, like, there's no coverage. It's literally just, like, a sheen over your body, you know what I mean? Like, and also, like, usually gets out in the shower. Like, it's not really there for the long haul. And also, it's more tinting your skin instead of covering it. Right. Whereas, if you had a full coverage foundation, like, that shit can cover literally anything on the entire planet. Like, that is magic. Makeup is amazing. It's witchcraft. I love that kind of witchcraft. I think if fucking, maybe, I don't know, these these boys are too into hypermasculinity and refuse to wear makeup, maybe they wouldn't be fucking facing these problems. Because it has to, right? It can cover everything. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you put an all-nighter on that, if you put some double wear on that, I don't know that it would show through anything. And also, like, what would be the point of a foundation if you're supposed to have, like, this perfect skin? You know what I mean? So I would be amazed if the next time that we see another Urban Decay advertisement coming out, it doesn't say anything but, like, I will cover all of your imperfections, including your vampireness. It's a really long advertisement. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Can you tell Allie's an advertising major? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, that's definitely... I get fucked over by advertising on the daily, so <laughs> just saying. But yeah, that's definitely something to keep in mind, oh, yeah. and I will think about now. It's like, just imagining, one, Edward putting full coverage foundation on, amazing oh, image. Yeah. But two, him putting self-tanner on to try to like blend in <laughs> with people. Like, if they didn't live in Forks... And they had to, like, not be as stark sure. white. Interesting concept, Ooh, I guess. Also, now that I think about it, though, full co- coverage foundation sounds like the best option here. But, like, you would have to put it over your entire, like, body, you know? And that would get expensive. Right. Like, especially if you're getting that good shit that's gonna, like, literally be a mask on your face and, like, not get any of that sparkly shit out there. Yes. One, agree. Two, I can't talk about masks. I am deathly afraid of masks. <laughs> But yes. I mean, you know what I meant, though. <laughs> I know, but also the idea of something walking around with a mask on and then you take it off and it's a va- like it's a more supernatural creature underneath <laughs> is the scariest thing that I've ever thought about. That's, so, uh, I need to send you more pictures no. from my work because I am surrounded by masks on a daily basis. And that is why I refuse to go into Halloween stores. Yeah, well, damn. Surely duality of man um, is represented here in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Masks are terrifying, but something that is a little bit more terrifying because the fact that we have to do it every week is probably talking about these chapters. So, hi. How's that segue working out for you? Wow. Leave a comment card. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I just see a train of white people on segways roll by? Because that was flawless. <laughs> Wow. Thank you so much. That's like literally Portland all the time. (laughs) If I could live my whole life on skates, on like wheels of some sort, I would. That is like my ideal life because I work best on roller skates. So a segue would just be some (laughs) next level shit. I work best on roller skates. I do. I just, 
I don't even think I've been on roller skates long enough to even think of that as a possibility. <laughs> that, that's where my <laughs> life could go. <laughs> Fuck your treadmill desk. I want to roller skate everywhere. Oh <laughs> treadmill desks, they're not going anywhere. They're stationary. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm on some next level shit. I'm taking my treadmill with me in the form of roller skates. But, like, would you take your... I, okay. I, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I feel like we're not accurately understanding what a treadmill desk does. <laughs> because the whole point is to, like, be standing and walking during work. So, like, you're at a computer and, like, doing that. How would you possibly do any of that on roller skates? Well, why would I use a treadmill desk that just stays there if I could just motor around on roller no, skates? I, I get so much I, more see, done. I understand what, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I hear you. I just, like, would you take your computer with you mid-skate? I don't understand. Like, what work? What, yes. What, like, one-handed? What do you mean? Like, just. Yeah, I'm not, I'm that bitch that's, like, rolling around you on my roller skates with my iPad in oh. hand. Like, what do you need? What do you got? <laughs> like, I, oh my if God. I, if there was some way to get paid for working in one of those old school diners that those oh like motherfuckers God. wear roller skates on, I would live that life. I would teach in roller skates. I would do everything in roller skates. I want to be on the move all the time. I'm also on a very anti-Heelys platform, though. I want roller skates. Whoa, what do you have against Heelys? They're trash? I don't know. <laughs> Whoa! They leave skid marks opinion. everywhere. No, that is true. That is true. I never had Heelys growing up, so I'm bitter about it, but... No, I never had Heelys either. I just had my scooter that always tried to break my shins in half, so... Yo, same! Those fucking Razor scooters, like, are are killing children. <laughs> like, they're killing children. <laughs> they're ne- they've never been safe. I don't know why anyone lets kids use them. I think it's to try and, like, strengthen kids, but honestly, <laughs> I can't... Like, if anyone even looks at my shins, I think they crack. Like, it's all because of those scooters. And my Achilles heel? Are you kidding oh my me? God. Absolutely not. Too many times that I did wrong. Damn. Anyway, we're <sighs> supposed to be talking about... <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. I blacked out for, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, same. So, this week, we had chapters five and Perfect. six. Now, last week, I apologized profusely <laughs> for what we were about to discuss, and I hope that it covered it, because we're going to have to be talking about this uh-huh. for a little bit. Chapter five is titled Imprint, and Cody, before you read this chapter, had you heard the term imprint before? I mean, I guess. Had you heard it in the the context of Twilight? No. All right. So for everybody else that's listening that is a Twilight fan, they kind of can imagine where you are at this point. So I just, before we even get into like the chronological of this chapter, can you just tell me your initial thoughts about imprinting, please? I, I... (laughs) I feel like this is a quiz. Like it's like... not. I just genuinely because this is going to determine the rest of the like how we read through this lens. So I'm just curious how you felt about this whole idea of like fate oh. and shit. Yeah, I mean I get that in the context of this, but like I think of like I don't know stamps and shit. You know, like just like oh that's so pure. But that's like the literal definition of it. Like I don't understand what else. I mean, I guess, like, leaving, in that, in, like, a more metaphorical sense, like, leaving a mark or, like, leaving an impression on somebody. But it's more, like, literally a literal mark or a literal impression onto something. The rest of 2K17 is just going to be us communicating our crushes to people by putting stamps on them. I'm going to take all the stamps that you gave me for my birthday gift and start putting them on people that I enjoy. Damn. I hope I get one. 
You want your own stamp back, you cheap motherfucker. Oh, yeah, that shit was like 50 cents. <laughs> Let me mail you back your stamp, God. Well, I was hoping in person, but I mean, if you want to mail it back with another stamp. That's so meta. <laughs> oh, my That's God. too much. That's too much. So, we need to talk about these chapters. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about chapter five because it's embarrassing. It's the worst. It's the worst. However, it starts on a little bit of a, a good note because Bella's still with Jacob, of course, as we left off last week. However, their first talking point is our BB Quill. So... BB. And he's not pissed about being a werewolf like everybody else, which is my favorite thing. He's like the most excited. He's the Emmett of werewolves. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah, yes. Oh, I get to just like run around all day and like chase the sun and be a dog. This is the best day of my life. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just thought it was so cute that when Jacob was talking about Quill, he mentions how excited Quill is to have his friends back. And I was like, <gasps> oh, it's so cute. But I did think it was funny that when they're discussing this, Jacob refers to himself as a crybaby because... <clears throat> because <laughs> he is but also just the idea that him being upset about something and wanting to communicate it to others makes him a crybaby and not just like him showing emotion is so fucked Ugh, whatever so they're still talking of course just like they were last chapter and we get some information about why sam wants to throw hands with bella <laughs> so it's sad as with most of the things that sam goes through yeah baby yeah we get some more information about how he was the first to transform on Mm. the res and how that led to native impacts for him and his well his past girlfriend leah which bella is like shook about the fact that people like seem to know each other on the on the reservation so the idea that Sam Uli would know Leah Clearwater, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Wait a Sorry. second. Sorry. What? <laughs> As if there aren't literally five people in this, like, 50 yeah, square mile radius. It's, it's amazing how shocked she always is that people know each other. <laughs> yes. Yep, I agree. It's so wild. Um... So Jake mentions that Leah and Sam were high school sweethearts, but when... He transformed. Oh. Leah was just like, hey, um, sorry? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> You're not answering Which any of my texts. <laughs> she is what Bella should have been throughout this entire nonsense. Absolutely. And she's the sanest person in all of these novels. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. So, of course, Sam's like trying to keep a shit together, right? While also becoming an mm. actual wolf. And when he actually comes back... And having no one to, like, tell him how to do it. Yeah. Or, like, what it's like. So you're just kind of like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Right, exactly. But once he actually gets back into town, all the elders are like, hey, we know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, that's when they finally explain what Sam's going through. And then he becomes the person who is waiting to help the others with their... Mm. kind of transformation the one thing i thought that was of note here is stephanie meyer's trying to explain how sam and yuli and emily became soulmates right through this imprinting Mm -hmm. process and there's a few things that are weird one when bella is trying to discuss the way that sam looks at emily and how she references that to the way edward looked at her i was like hey first of all (laughs) no it was so bad 
But also, I felt like there was this, like, faux attempt for Stephanie to try and create this, like, negative drama between Mm -hmm. Leah and Emily, even though their family... It was just like, hey, let's make these two girls fight over this one guy. It was so gross. It's like, hey, you know what we haven't had enough of? Two dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, no, I'm over it, Steph. I'm over it. I don't... I don't, exactly. need another, I don't need another subplot of a love triangle. No, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Especially when you got two women pitting against each other. Literally. With all this, like, sympathy and shit, because it's like, oh, they were high school sweethearts, and it's like, but, mm, no, no. Especially when one of them, like, definitely had, like, violence against them in terms of the relationship with Sam. Like, it's all a lot of mess. Right, exactly. In the process of... Jacob trying to explain this whole situation and how the transformation goes. He starts talking about age, of course, and he drops this subtle plot twist that he doesn't literally age. His body has just, like, glowed up for him. And (laughs) Bella literally loses it. She cannot handle the fact that the two guys that she has somewhat of an emotional connection with both aren't aging and yet here she is becoming like decrepit which is wild (laughs) which is wild because she's literally 18 years old (laughs) literally so now on top of what we mentioned last week about it being kind of gross that bella was like ogling jacob who's 16 and a half he's trying to make sure that she feels okay with the fact that of doing that because he's technically quote 25 or something with his body which was so gross i didn't like that at all no i hated all of that i thought it was not okay i do like how bella was like when she was screaming about how everyone gets to be young and she's just like i'm just gonna be old forever this is unfair where's the justice oh my god i know she's such a drama queen (laughs) she's the worst oh my god like where's the justice it's so unfair. I have like, this life where my only concern is me getting older day by day. The, uh, it's just so unfair. It's so much. Okay, so here's the thing. We should probably discuss the way that Jacob mentions how imprinting works. Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> he mentions that it's like super powerful and like really absolute uh, and they're like totally soulmates. <laughs> but in the process of doing that, he's trying to describe Emily's experience with Sam imprinting on her and the fact that she was like pissed about it in the beginning yeah. because of the fact that it was such a lack of control. Right. And he tries to explain more of how Sam hurt Emily and it comes off in the most emotional labor way for me yeah and I did not like that at all just the like hey Emily I know that you had something seriously traumatic go on but let's like not focus on you and just make sure that you're taking care of Sam in this moment right like because he's really vulnerable and he doesn't really know how to control himself and like you are definitely a victim of all of those things but you should also be the one to pick up the pieces you know what i mean you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean like that's just that's just co 
Robinson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way that Bella describes imprinting later on is my personal favorite thing because she describes it as a, quote, mystical wolfy connection, uh, which is basically the best way to put it. That was Steph just throwing in the towel, right? She's like, yeah, there's no way it's going past this one. Let's <laughs> just, just cash it in while we're good. I'll take that check. Thank you. Yep, I think so. I think that she had left that in as like a placeholder to try and put in some fancy language and it ended up just getting into the final cut. So, of course, as it's pretty obvious, the only reason that Stephanie has included this plot twist is to make sure that Bella has some sort of contemplation of like, hey, is Jacob my person? Mm. And, of course, she realizes in this whole thing that now that Jacob has admitted to her that she is, one, not his person to imprint on, but two, Mm -hmm. that he hasn't imprinted at all. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's actually probably for the best. It's, like, sort of already confusing enough with the two of us. (laughs) Which was wild. Truly. The weird thing about it, though, and by weird I mean, like, the most gross thing about all of this is when Jacob is trying to learn more about Edward and how the colons work and when Bella divulges the information that Edward can't hear her thoughts he's Mm. like oh it's probably because of your brain right and they both try to make this like self-deprecating joke on (sighs) Bella which is nasty and Jacob I'm so disappointed in you all the time always I just always want so much better just do better literally there's Two other huge components of this chapter. One, Jacob being a fuckwad and using Bella's trauma against Edward in this gross plot device kind of way. So we get more backstory on what happened last chapter, mm. which, no, thinks so. He discusses with her what had happened on his side of things And the reason why Edward had been making that face during their conversation was because Jacob was remembering how Bella looked right after he left. Mm. So, Jacob? What kind of, like, manipulative bullshit? Yeah. This is another one of those things, right? Where it's like, he knows that this is something that bothers her. Mm -hmm. and it's something that hurt Edward, so of course it's going to piss her off, and yet here he is trying to, like, bring it up again. And it's like, he did not need to remind her that she walked around all the time holding her arms around herself. No. That's not not good, Jake. Stop. And, like, Jacob always has good intentions, right? Sure, But, like, there comes a point where it's like, you keep bringing up all of these things and all of these traumas that Bella has yet to unpack, really, and still has not processed any of that and just berated over and over and over again until, like, that that's just all of her subconscious at that point. And it's just, that's not what she needs. In very similar ways, he's being like, oh, well, this guy is not good for you because you're clearly not yourself. And also he's, you know, in and out of the picture and that's not good for you. Which, right. valid, for sure. Totally Correct. But, like, bringing up all those memories that are still very raw and still very tender and shit that she has not dealt with ever or and doesn't seem like she wants to ever, it's not great. Well, and I just don't understand what he thought her reaction would be by saying something like, quote, I bet you don't even realize what a mouse you were then, Bella. It was weeks before you started to look human again. Like, what what do you want her to say to that, Jake? Like, okay, cool, thanks. Right. (laughs) 
that's the equivalent of telling someone like, hey, did you know, like, you look really tired today. Like, what do you want someone to say to that stuff? It's so it's, like, well, how do you think your depression hurt me? You know, it's like, ew, fuck off. Yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> That's Get literally what he's saying. And it's the grossest. Yeah. It's pretty gross. So here's the thing. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about how this chapter ends. <laughs> because, one, the way that this happens in the movie is gross and okay. unacceptable. And I just Great. want folks who have seen the movie and are like, why aren't you guys talking about this? Since Cody has not seen how this chapter has adapted, we are going to be talking about the scene in depth when we have our movie review, I can assure you, because you, I know, Cody, are going to have a lot of feelings about it. However, I can't wait. the way that it's interpreted in the novel is Jake being like, this all matters. Why don't you understand? Edward is a vampire and I'm a werewolf and that's like a really big deal. And y'all, the line that Bella gives here. I cannot. It's literally, I want to tattoo it on my body. It's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm so glad that Stephanie finally understands the fact that Bella cares about astrology. Are you so, not going to say it? That's or, favorite okay, just going to leave people um, in the dark. No, you what? say it, okay. you say it, you say it. Uh, she says, and I'm a Virgo, basically being like, none of this, whatever. So instead of her saying, because Jacob's like, but I'm a werewolf and he is a vampire. And so instead of her saying option A and I'm a human, <laughs> option B and I'm Bella, she goes all of a sudden and is like, and here is my natal chart. Read it all you want. It's my favorite okay, thing. But I want to do a deep dive into this little line here. Tell me everything. Because Bella came off as the most like, I don't see race motherfucker Mm, there you go in this entire nonsense like obviously this is the most like low stakes version of that like there's no consequences to any of this however in this realm of like we're suspending our disbelief here yes jake is basically going hey man we have differences and they're important like i am who i am and i'm just who he is and we have differences and that's fine but we are also different and you can't just like ignore those things absolutely which very much mirror the ideologies against people who are like, I don't see color, I don't see race, I don't, I just, everyone's the same, and we're all just beautiful purple people. It's like, no, actually, it's okay that we have differences in sociological and biological differences. It's fine. We just need to be cognizant of those and how we treat them differently, if we do at all. Exactly. In society. Well, and that's only underscored, right, by the fact that, one, Jacob is an indigenous individual. And Absolutely. Edward is, like, the most white. Yeah. And so, and this is coming off of the fact that they just had that experience at her school. Who was the one that yeah. was ushered off school property? It wasn't Edward, that's for sure. No. Who no. was the one that was considered dangerous by, like, the public opinion? It wasn't Edward, that's for sure. Nope. Yeah. So I do think that that's important to discuss here. That's for sure. Like, it's not just a, a funny goof about Bella caring about astrology all of a sudden. It does definitely feel like It a, is very funny that she's also like, fuck it. <laughs> Read <laughs> um, me. Whoa. But it, yeah, it definitely does come off in a way of like, I don't see color. I don't see differences, Jacob. It's not You're that big of a deal. You're all the same to me. I just love you all so yeah. much. It's like, no. So that is very important, and I'm very happy that you mentioned that. So thank you. That's basically chapter five. 
it's very much of a filler. And of course, mm-hmm. as with most of Eclipse, just setting you up for bigger things. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yep. So chapter six is Switzerland. Now, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I want to be able to discuss this. However, the novel interpretation of this chapter is very different than the movie <laughs> interpretation of this chapter. So I just want people to know that like when there's an important thing that happens to Bella basically within these few moments of with Jacob and with Edward and you'll be able to understand it more when we watch the movie. We're not forgetting it, I promise. <laughs> However, um, Edward still comes off very creepy in the novel. <laughs> um, Shocking to no one. So chapter six basically starts off with Bella being like, deuces, need to go hang out with Angela. And Jacob's like, but I love you, why? <laughs> um, so when she ends up leaving, of course, Edward literally follows her until she gets to Angela's. And it's the creepiest shit I've ever read. Uh, oh boy, we'll wait till like two pages later. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't really... Up until really... this moment in time. Yeah. So far, that was like the worst thing. But the fact that she even like whimpers and Belle audibly says, aw crap. Like, that's not something you should have to do with your partner. Nope. Uh-uh. Bella, you deserve so much more than this. Stop. Uh, um, the therapist would never do this to you. Never. Literally. Speaking of good things that she deserves, though, can we talk about this interaction with Angela for a hot second? Can we talk about Angela forever on this Honestly, podcast and just forget everyone else? Angela is the unsung hero of the series, and I Fuck adore her. Yeah. Ugh. Just the fact that as soon as she gets there, right? And it's very clear because on the outside is Edward being a piss baby and driving by and like staring at her and being like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. But as soon as she crosses the threshold of the Weber house, she's just like uh, immediately, it's like, I wanted to moan and be a teenage girl and have companionship and just like Ugh. have a genuine relationship with anybody. And I was like, man. <laughs> Oh, God. This could have been your life. (laughs) You could have just had genuine friends and people that cared about you, Bella. This is what we wanted for you. It's so like a double-edged sword, too, though, because on one hand, she's very much like, yes, I can be like a normal teenager, and I can live the life that I want to live, and I can be here with my friends. But it also feels like she's here and visiting Angela just so she can do that, you know? Because she had this debate in the beginning of, like, whether she was going to college and, like, becoming a vampire and, like, saying goodbye to everyone she knows or whatever. And she was like, so do I want to, like, slowly ghost out my friends so, like, nobody really gets hurt in the end? Or do I, like, try to, like, live my life to the fullest with these people in, like, the last moments of our, our high school days or whatever? And it very much feels like we're playing into, like, oh, I'm just hanging out with Angela, you know, for the last couple times. And she's always just like, oh, I wish I I wasn't doing this because now I'm getting closer to Angela. How dare I have actual genuine feelings now? God damn it. Right, exactly. Yeah, the situation here with Angela and Bella hanging out is very pure and very cute. Yes. But, and I understand that the reason that it had to be included for the novel is so that it can include more of Bella's plot with these boys, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But it is annoying to think that their main conversations together in this time when they're, like, alone is them talking about boys still, you know? 
Like, I want to know Angela's feelings on literally weather. Give me weather. Give me anything. (laughs) But the fact that they're having conversations about the guys in their life, it just seems weird. God, do you think there's a single line in these four books that passes the Bechdel test? (laughs) No, I don't think so. And I know that, like, passing the Bechdel test is not, like, the... Oh, yeah, it's a very arbitrary way of, like, analyzing media. Like, I get it. It's very much not whatever. It doesn't mean that it's going to be this great intersectional feminist piece of entertainment, but also this scene is the worst and definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. It's very telling about the conversations that women are allowed to have in these type of, in in media, so. Yeah, women. Women. You remember? One of those (laughs) days. TBT. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So, yes. Bella finally tells Angela, like, so, University of Alaska, what's up? <laughs> um, and Angela's like, well, I'm going to miss you. Can you email me? Too pure. Oh. Too pure. I love these two so much. Oh, I just anyway. want them to be friends forever. Oh, imagine them being roommates. Fuck. God damn it. I bet there's fan fiction about that. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I will try to find some next time. Here's the thing. Unfortunately, Bella has to leave the Weber house, and she goes back home. And we get a little bit of her talking with Charlie. And Charlie cleaned up his own dishes, so Bella had nothing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe the fact that that was actually put into this book. So many people saw that. It was like, you know what, this is fine. This is great. Literally. And then the fact that Bella is like, well, I could keep trying to talk to Charlie right now and make up some weird conversation. Or I could just face my fears and go upstairs where even though I know Edward's car isn't outside, he's definitely in my room. Ugh. So. I hate it. It's the grossest thing. I hate everything about this. I hate that that's normal. Ugh. I know, right? Ridiculous. We've been so normalized. We're just like, oh yeah, and Edward's in her room. Like, it's fine. Like, no, no. No, not fine. Invasion of personal space and privacy. Absolutely not. Just because you're dating, I don't, no. And just because no. you can fucking poof into people's rooms doesn't mean. Yeah, yeah I hate it. I, fa- I hate the fact that as soon as she gets up there, she's like, of course he was there. And oh. he's like standing against the wall next to the window and he's glaring at her. And it's like, motherfucker, Ugh. are you kidding me right now? What a real good way to start a conversation. <laughs> right. And the only reason why he's glaring at her is because of the fact that she had the audacity to go see one of her friends. So, what the fuck? Controlling Edward in full effect, baby. I hate it. I hate everything about this. Especially because Bella's trying to diffuse the situation, being like, so, finger guns, I'm alive. (laughs) And his only response is to growl at her. Motherfucker! Growling? (laughs) Sorry, I didn't, I wasn't aware that you were the wolf in this scenario. I was, hmm. Oh, damn. Well, I mean. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right. And this is another one of those things where Edward tries to justify his actions for her quote-unquote safety. And so him saying, like, do you have any idea how close I came to crossing the line today? And it's like, motherfucker, don't blame this on her. If you would just chill. your lack of self-control on someone yeah. else like that's not on her at all retweet and you know this T- yeah. retweet retweet <laughs> yeah i i love this too because bella is trying to stand up for herself she's like don't start this y'all made mm-hmm. this treaty you need to stick to it i'm trying to live my own damn life and edward is, cannot be tamed in this moment he's so uncontrollable it's gross 
Especially because at the end of this, Bella is apologizing to Edward for making him anxious. What are you talking about? Oh, it's so bad, guys. I hate it. I hate it. Guys. I don't like anything that Edward is doing in this. He knows better, and yet here he is. And, of course, so Bella's trying to figure out what's going on with Edward because one of the conversation topics that she had had with Angela was Angela being like, Bella, are you serious? He's just jealous <laughs> of, of Jacob. And Bella's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have no idea. So she asks Edward about it, and he's like, uh, me? Jealousy? <laughs> what are you talking about? A.K.A. the most Gemini thing I've ever <laughs> read in my entire life. But, of course, he can't just own up to the fact that he is jealous and instead tries to make her feel bad for worrying him, which, no thanks, actually. Here's the thing. I am curious about your thoughts on Bella identifying in these two chapters as, one, a Virgo, last chapter, and now Switzerland in this chapter. Oh, God. It's been... I totally forgot. I don't know. I feel like people always used to play the whole Switzerland card, which, like... I feel like negates a lot of, like, I don't know, global historical context. Yes. But <laughs> just the fact that people saying Switzerland is like, you know what, I'm out, I'm out. Exactly. And just reading that, like, brought me way back into the trances of 2009. It was, like, too real. Yeah, it was a lot. But, like, I just, it seems like a very interesting position for Bella to take, especially in how involved she's already been in this situation. Exactly. Like, it's weird for her to be like, you know what? On second thought, from this moment on, I'm Switzerland. Instead of just being like, you know, I it's kind of impossible for me to do that because I am literally fucking both of you and that just, <laughs> I don't think I can be Switzerland. I just don't think Switzerland can be in so many other countries' pools, you know what I mean? Like, just, I just don't think in terms of foreign policy, I just don't think that's how that works. I agree. Yeah, her whole paragraph in that moment is very weird because she's trying to, again, justify, like, I don't care who's a werewolf and who's a vampire. And she mm. throws Angela into the mix, too, which was a very interesting... Now I'm just imagining Angela as also a contender for a love interest for Bella, which, honestly, yes, would be yes, would yes. be better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Apparently, Angela is now a witch who is after Bella's love, which would have made this book better, to be honest. <laughs> of course, we find out during this conversation, too, Edward did not go hunting. Because as soon as Alice stopped seeing Bella in her visions, Edward was like, nope, fuck this, can't do anything. I need to go chase my wife around and make sure that she feels guilty for that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Their way of fixing it is for Alice to uh, kidnap her. Y'all, this shit is the most possessive, fucking buck wild, banana shit I've ever seen or read in my entire life. I hated that. I can't believe this was published. I can't believe so many teenage girls read this and was like, you know what? This is fine behavior. This is a controlling or manipulative. No siree. Yep. I'm so annoyed, Edward, for taking something as innocent as a slumber party, which would be normal, I would assume, for Alice and Bella to be able to just, like, hang out and enjoy each other's company, but now is tarnished because of his manipulative behavior. Yep. I hate that. And the fact that he did actually pay off Alice with a car. <laughs> <sighs> 
I don't get it. And of it. course Alice is like, well, it is shiny, and I do yep. love it, so. And the, the gross thing, too, is, so Bella tries to explain to Alice, like, this is controlling, yep. I don't like this, and don't you agree? And Alice is like, well, obviously not, you puny human. This is a, <laughs> a thing of great importance. So one of the things when I've been reading up about Alice in this chapter specifically, a lot of people mention that this is like a, a popular turning point for disliking her character. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it's valid to mention that like Alice does have some control here as far as like she could have just said no. But also... I think that being annoyed just at Alice in this situation is taking out a huge oh, component yeah. of it. There's so much more context, and, like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reason that this is happening is because of the fact that Edward doesn't want to leave her alone. Because, one, she might get hurt. But worse, I think, in his mind, is him seeing her go off to be with Jacob. Yeah. And I hate everything about that. Yep. They do end up having this sleepover at the Colin house and the one thing that I did think was cute though is that Esme got Italian food for her Aww. which I thought was pure it's like also let's her like the good stuff from Port Angeles <laughs> <It's> like, yeah <okay. laughs> I told you there's no like there's like three restaurants in that city so <laughs> you do have we to got go. fucking Olive Garden imported <laughs> oh my god can you imagine so, of course, Alice is taking this way too seriously, and it's like, slumber party, let's do our toes, let's watch trash TV, let's stay up all night, and Bella's like, I am actually going to prioritize my education for once, <laughs> I have to be at school in the morning. Now, at a point where it literally does not matter, she's no. like, <laughs> graduation is, like, basically tomorrow, and she's like, I need to be well-rested. school. Literally. It makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. So... They get ready to go to bed. Bella goes into Edward's room, expecting that she'll just sleep on the floor, on the couch, like, whatever. (laughs) And, of course, there is a bed there. (laughs) Because, why not, right? I mean, y'all don't sleep, but... (laughs) Yeah. So, this was definitely something that was premeditated. Enough for them to at least put together, well, buy and put together a bed. So, yikes. Gross. Don't like any of that. How did you feel about when Bella calls Jake in this scene? Oh, it's so gross. Because, like, Bella was so, I don't know, she was very much aware that this was manipulative and controlling. But, like, by the time she talks to Jake, it's very much like she's making fun of it. And she's, like, yeah, doing little jokes and asides about it. Being like, oh, I don't know, I'm, like, being held captive, ha ha. Or, like, I don't know if I'll be able to, like, come out or whatever and all that stuff. Right. And it's just, like, like I get that you're channeling this to make it, you know, like, have good conversation and, like, make an excuse for why you can't see Jacob. I understand that. However, this is still the most buckwild banana shit ever. And also, you're being imprisoned in a home that's not yours because you're fucking controlling boyfriend won't let you go outside to see anyone especially this other dude that you're talking to on the phone with right it's gross yeah i definitely feel like this is another component of bell's like emotional labor is mm-hmm. the fact that she's the one being stuck here against her will yeah. and yet when she calls jacob she's trying to be like 
Oh yeah, you guys can totally come get me. That's super tempting because Alice is torturing me. I mean, painting my mm. toenails. Am I right? And he's like, Ugh. no, seriously. I'll like, we'll we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really frustrating. It makes mm. me upset. The only thing that kind of made the end of this chapter a little bit better is the fact that Bella leaves a V angry voicemail for Edward. Oh my god. And just the idea of her growling into a phone being like, Edward, you are in trouble. (laughs) It was my favorite thing. Very good. So I want to know everything about how you feel for the end of this chapter. I mean, there's not a lot to go off of. What do you mean? Just the fact that, like, Rosalie knocks on the door and says, hey, it's me. And then, like, boom, done. It's beautiful. It's mystifying. I love it. I, I hope there's a cute little friendship budding. Or she's going to be like, yo, Edward's fucked up. <laughs> How about I- <laughs> we don't do that? <laughs> so here's the thing. This is setting up for our next chapter. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited because, well, uh, all right, it's bittersweet. So chapter seven is unhappy ending. And then mm-hmm. chapter eight is temper. The nice thing about this, though, is we get Rosalie backstory. Yes. And so I'm very excited to be able to chat with you about that finally because I have... It's been years. <laughs> it's, one, been years, and two, I've had posts queued for us, specifically <laughs> about Rosalie, that I have not been able to post for basically 3,000 years now. So <laughs> I'm very excited for you to be able to understand a little bit more about her character and why she's interacting with Bella the way that she has so far. Amazing. Yes. More girl time. My faves. Yes. Always more girl time. <sighs> so yes, that's chapters five and six, unfortunately. Awesome. Do we have a fan fiction? <sighs> okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. Yes, we do. I chose this week's fanfiction because it was suggested to me on our blog. And here's the thing. Now, I did not know the name of this fanfiction. However, I knew of this fanfiction. Okay. It was written by the author Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. Okay. And it's incredibly popular within the canon for, like, Twilight specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Master of the Universe. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to read this excerpt, and then I want you to think about if you have any potential connections to this. And then I'm going to tell you where it comes from, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so... This is from Master of the Universe, and it's from Chapter 2. Oh no, this is so bad. Okay. Do you feel that you have immense power, control freak? I employ over 50,000 people, Miss Swan. That gives me a certain sense of responsibility. Power, if you will. If I decide I'm no longer interested in the telecommunications business and sell up, 25,000 people would struggle to make their mortgage payments after a month or so. I think my mouth drops open. I'm staggered by his lack of humility. Don't you have a board to answer to? I asked, disgusted. I own my company, so I don't have to answer to a board. He raises his eyebrows at me. Of course, 
I would know this if I had done some research, but holy crow, he's so arrogant. I changed tack. And do you have any interests outside of your work? I have varied interests, Miss Swan. A ghost of a smile touches his lips. Very varied. And for some reason, I feel confounded and heated by a steady gaze. His eyes alight with some wicked thought. But if you work so hard, what do you do to chill out? Oh, no. Chill out? He smiles a dazzling, white-toothed, crooked smile at me. I stop breathing. He really is beautiful. No one should be this good-looking. Well, to chill out, as you put it, I sail, I fly, various physical pursuits. He shifts in his chair. I'm a very wealthy man, Miss Swan, and I have expensive and absorbing hobbies. End scene. So. This may that- seem like a stretch, but is this, <laughs> is this, is this Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey Twilight? <laughs> so, one thing to know, the author, Snow Queen's Ice Dragon's real name is E.L. James. Fucking knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And Master of the Universe is literally, I think, text to text, Fifty Shades. I crushed it. Yes. Yep. So, good job. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, God. It's awful. (laughs) It was so bad. And I can't believe... So, that exact thing that I just read is literally in the Fifty Shades movie. Oh, like no. we don't we there's so much bad stuff ahead of us and I just no. want to turn around. <laughs> oh no. If that doesn't describe our podcast, I don't know what else does. <laughs> I don't know, man, but I say folks. Oh get bit. <laughs> This is an Earbud Media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Earbud Media. If you want to pitch a show to the network, you can do so at bit.ly forward slash Earbud Pitch. And why don't you try listening to one of the other Earbud Media productions like Fem as Fuck or Strange Little People, all of which you can find on our Twitter at Earbud Media. You can follow this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight and pretty much anywhere that you follow things on social media. If you want to help support the show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Into the Twilight, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month. You can get access to all sorts of cool bonus content, letters from us, our undying love and gratitude. You know the gist. We would also appreciate it if you rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, as well as if you have a little extra time filling out a quick little survey at bit.ly forward slash into the survey. Our artwork is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at yourghosttoast44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, who you can find at krausfilms.com. You can find Allie on the internet at 23andMe, and you can find me at Cody Captures. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hey, Dan. Hey, what's up, John? I just wanted to uh, confirm that we were recording Monday. Yes. Uh, what are we recording for? Oh, it's our new podcast. Our podcast. The, the, the Strange Little People one, Strange right? Little People, yeah. Yeah, the one on Earbud Media Production. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can listen to it. The one that we update every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, dude. When we have new guests all the time. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most of the time. Yeah, and we talk about current events and stuff. People should listen to it, right? Uh, yeah. It's, it's really th- cool. I think people would like it. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but I, mean, I hope you would. Did you put out the ad yet? The uh, flyers? Yeah, I, I'm doing it right now. As we speak. No, you're sitting down. You're no, not... no, this is happening right now as we speak. John, why did my hand just go through you? Oh my god. John. We'll talk about it next week.